I'm your host, Jonathan Frost, and I serve as the Chief Executive Officer of Sigma Pi. Today, I'm excited to announce some changes to our podcast and other content channels. Starting with this episode, we're sunsetting our Leadership Speaker Series, which has brought us many great interviews with leaders from various fields. Instead, we'll be focusing on expanding the Outtalk podcast with certain episodes being available in both audio and video formats. As part of the Leadership Speaker Series, we had a host of guests who range from young alumni with unique experiences in the fraternity and professional world, as well as all the way to C-level corporate leaders at some of the largest companies in the world. That will remain true as part of the future of the Outtalk content. And speaking of those interviews, today we have a special guest on the show. He's a brother who has served Sigma Pi in many capacities and who continues to inspire us with his leadership and dedication. Please join me in welcoming Grand Sage Kent Barney. How are you, Kent? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So, Kent, I'm going to dive into some hard-hitting questions that, that the brothers in the country want to know. First off, why did you join Sigma Pi? Well, you know, I was a first-generation college uh, kid, Went to the University of Kentucky, um, a school that had more people in my chemistry class than I had in almost my entire high school. So what I was looking for something better. I was looking for, you know, an opportunity to make friends, meet people from different backgrounds, different perspectives. So, you know, I did go through fraternity rush, you know, seven, eight houses, after the first night, kind of narrowed it down to one or two. Um, and then, you know, the the night of the bid night, I, I had one or two bids, and I just, I, I chose Sigma Pi. I, I knew um, Brad Phillips, past staff member, uh, a real good friend of mine, and, you know, I just felt like it was where I was supposed to be. Um, I just felt natural in it. Uh, even though all the guys were from different parts of the state of Kentucky, uh, different parts of the country, it was just like we all kind of had the same goals and kind of same desires and stuff to do to do well. And and so you joined Sigma Pi, met a group that you really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, you wound up graduating college. Yes. And then you came to work on staff for the fraternity, right? Like, what made you say, I want to go work for the fraternity that I joined? Well, I mean, I took a little bit of a different... I initiated at University of Kentucky. Um, Between my sophomore and junior year, we had some family difficulties. Um, I transferred to Eastern Kentucky University. It was a uh, smaller school. Um, I became a member of Epsilon Lambda chapter, and I'm proud of that to this day. Um... Epsilon, UK is my home chapter, but my heart's always been at Eastern, uh, Epsilon Lambda. So, you know, I was involved in Epsilon Lambda. I was uh, 
rush chair for a couple years, a vice president. Um, we were having some issues like all chapters had because we had a huge turnover of older guys to younger guys and there were some discrepancies. And uh, Mark Briscoe, former executive director, came to Eastern to talk to us, kind of like, you know, uh, just like you're doing today. And we continue to do to help our young men. Um, I said, I asked him, I said, do you have any openings? I said, I really don't know what I want to do after college. I'm accepted to a graduate program uh, for psychology. I said, but I don't feel like that's what I should be doing. And he said, well, not right now, but go ahead and apply. So I applied. Two weeks later, the guy who was supposed to be hired, he backed out of it. Mark said, are you, are you employed? And I said, no. He said, well, come on up. And so... It was one of these things I looked at it as I wanted to go out and see the world, see the country. Um, you know, $18,000 seemed like a gold mine <laughs> when you're graduating college um, and a free place to live. So I thought it would be a, a worthwhile experience. And I have to say, it was probably one of the smartest moves I've ever made in my life. And you said, and you had to move. So you moved to. Vincent. Yes. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. I moved from uh, Belfry, Kentucky, Pikeville, Kentucky, to Vincennes, Indiana. Uh, about the same size, except Vincennes is flat, and and Pikeville has a lot of mountains. <laughs> same small town feel. Little small colleges in Pikeville, um, like like we have Vincennes University. So it was it, that aspect didn't change, but you know. You become so f close to the guys that you were with. I mean, you're a former staff member. You can relate. The guys that you are on staff with, you form your own group. And, you know, we were a very diverse group. We had um, guys from Fullerton, um, Carbon, uh, SIU Carbondale, Saginaw Valley, Colorado, uh, Arkansas State. I mean, it was a... Uh, a motley crew of guys who had different personalities, different beliefs, uh, but we we formed a very tight brotherhood over that time. And, you know, I enjoy giving back. The reason why people do this is because they want to help the future generations. We're not doing this for money. We don't do this for a medallion. We do it because of the guys who are after us so they can learn what they need to do to perpetuate us in the future. So let me ask you with that. So you worked on staff, you got to travel. And I know uh, for the listeners out there, you were my consultant yes, when I was a sage. Um, and you were able to call and say, John, we want you to come work for us. So I got to meet you that way. Um, and then you started, you, you left staff. And after staff, you went to law school, right? Yes. I went to law school at Ohio Northern University. Uh, it's where our Zeta chapter is. Um, when I signed on uh, and I told Mark, I said, I'm going to do this for one year. I'm going to go to law school. About June or July, I figured uh, I figured that's what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, I took my LSAT while on the road traveling, which was a hard thing to schedule. And then, you know, I went on to law school. During law school, I was still chapter director or advisor at uh, Epsilon Lambda chapter. And, you know, I've never really been in, uninvolved. I've not been involved in, I've been involved in this since 
you know, being on staff, I think it just put something in your blood you couldn't get out of you. And, and, and with that, too, is you have served as a chapter advisor, um, as a province archon. Yes. Uh, on our nominating committee, uh, on the Grand Council now, on housing corporations. What, what is it about that? I mean, you, you, like you said, I know it started a fire, but for some reason that fire still continues to this day. One, it's a challenge. And it gives you an opportunity to always meet new people and always learn new things. No matter how old you get in this world, you always have to continue learning. Um, you know, from a small town in uh, eastern Kentucky, it's just kind of cool to be one of those guys who's able to have so many different interests and and design. And you know, it's it's cool to. I never thought I'd be managing a. You know, I would never thought I'd be president of our fraternity, managing a multi-million dollar business, um, giving speeches at UCLA, um, doing things like this. It's just, it's amazing. It, and it, it goes to show that we still live in a country, that you're not born where you're at. You can make yourself wherever, and it's probably the only country in the world that, if you want to be a doctor, it don't matter where you come from. don't matter your social economic background. You can be what you want to be. You might not do it on your timeline. It might take you longer. You might have more obstacles than other people. But if you want to do it, you can do it. And now let me ask this. So professionally, you have done that. You were an attorney for a long time, defense yep. attorney. Uh, and now you're a circuit court judge. Mm-hmm. What what kind of still, because I, I want to make clear to our viewers that serving on the council, he's, he's a volunteer. You don't get paid for that. No. But your professional life, how how did the fraternity and what it instilled in you, how does that help make you a better professional? Teaches you how to deal with people. I mean, you, you deal with, as a judge, I deal with all kinds of different people. I deal with people who are in bitter conflicts. So, you know, being in the fraternity, learning those management skills, learning skills about yourself and learning skills about how to deal with others and how to talk to people, you know, because you're dealing with people in a lot of emotions. So we deal with, you know, we deal with young men who are, you know, they've got questions about life and it's kind of you as you build up your skill set and you build up your confidence and you build up your knowledge, you're able to work with people. And, you know, when you see these young guys and you see them going through and we've got uh, guys who want to go to law school, you can pass on that knowledge because, you know, as a first-generation student going through school, I made mistakes that I wish I wouldn't have. I wish I could have changed a couple of things. Okay. and I try to keep, if we can pass that knowledge down to our young guys, then they can achieve their level of success and what their desi- goals are and the, what their life dreams are without going through the hitting the potholes that you hit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's probably a, a key thing, too, is as we look at the environment, 
Uh, we look at the schools, the the students coming in. You get to see a lot of these young men who will be future members as they're coming up with their moms and dads, right? Yeah. What is what as as we look to close out this issue of the out talk? What is something that you want to tell current young men that are in the fraternity, but also for them to tell future young men that want to join? What what's some advice that you would impart? The best advice I've got is when I was a new member, I was told, you get into this organization what you put up, or you get out of this organization what you put into it. And it, that, that resonates throughout life. What you put into your work, what you put into your craft, what you put into your art, you're going to get it back out. So put in those extra hours. Put in that time. Learn new skills. Learn new ways to deal with people. Make connections. Because you don't know where you're going to work. We live in a world that is a, it's a transient world now. Most people don't, you know, 60 years ago, most people lived and died in their hometown. Most of these young men are going to be in probably different areas. They've got to learn when they go to a new area how to meet new people, how to make connections. And that's what this fraternity does. It gives you those abilities to make those connections. One of my best friends, he is from the our, our Long Beach chapter. He's on the council with me, Brian DeVoe. If you look at us, we're totally two different people. We grew up in two different cultures, two different regions. But because we have the fraternity in common and because we're able to talk and connect, we're able to, you know, diffuse our culture and develop character. And you develop those friendships. And our young men have to understand, we have a huge connection. We have people in all different areas of industry, all different areas of life. If they need help, if they need a connection, contact. We have the resources. I, that's the one thing I could wish we could pass up, is because of the internet and all the technology that we have, these young men at their fingertips have three times more of the information have three times more of the help than what me and you had, right. you know, filling out all our forms. We had the triple kids, right? Yes, we did. <laughs> filling out our forms and uh, pen and uh, mailing them in, you know, mailing in all your uh, new member forms, initiate forms. I mean, everything was mailed in back then. We didn't have an, we didn't have an email. We didn't have that. And these guys have so much that they can get. You know, we have My Sigma Pi. We have other avenues we have uh you know so many different nonprofit things that we have through the bonds of brotherhood the mental health issues i mean we can we're providing such services for for these guys i wish they'd take advantage of it because we have it they just have to take advantage of it well ken i want to thank you very much on on, on behalf of all of us thank you for serving as grand sage we know it's a can sometimes be a thankless position um, we thank you for your leadership of what we're trying to provide to these young men today and in the future and for for just also being a friend. I've known you 20 years. I have. Um, for our listeners, I've known them so long. We talk about so much. We know each other's families. Uh, my daughter, when she was born, you sent the Kentucky shirt or pajamas. I don't know that I ever put them on her as a Missouri guy, but 
Uh, really appreciate that. And Ken, I just want to thank you and, and for our listeners. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Outtalk. And please continue to look for new ones as we continue to find alumni and learn about them and hear their story. So thank you, Ken. Thank you.